0: good morning good morning and welcome to coffee and prayer it is 5 30 a.m here in inglewood california as you guys tune in please let me know where you are and what time it is uh you guys i'm feeling a hundred percent better 10 million times better your boy is back I am back and ready for action. If you don't know, yesterday I was under the weather. I've been out for over two days, two days wasted, two and a half days, almost three. And uh, I am feeling 135% better. I'm back. I'm ready to go. I'm fired up. We've got Romans chapter three today. Check it out. This is a worldwide ministry. We've got Nashville in the house, India. We've got Georgia in the house. I love it. I love it. I love it. Connecticut's in the house. Again, worldwide ministry. People from around the world are coming in to share in the Word of God. Um, I'm humbled, honored, and so thankful that we can do this every day. It's like 124 days, almost 125 days, somewhere in there, in a row, sick, healthy, on the East Coast, mountain range time. Like wherever we're at, we've shown up and showed out. Glory to God. So um, I'm excited. Thank you guys all for the prayers. I absolutely appreciate it. Uh, it. It definitely worked because I woke up and hopped up out the bed and was just like, "Woo, let's go, baby! Your boy's back." Something that really like like was was like really happened is that um, man, I take for granted how being healthy is right you take for granted being healthy you take for granted um just the ability to move and and to go man i was so physically weak exhausted my brain was like cloudy and foggy i couldn't formulate a thought i struggled with social media answering questions i struggled in men's group last night even though like we still had it like it was a challenge it was absolutely a challenge and so i'm so thankful and grateful um, and I think God is able to show me through that experience not to take your health for granted. You know what I mean? So um, check it out. Today, we are reading Romans chapter 3 as well as Psalm 113. If we can put that in the chat, that would be awesome. My my little dashboard down here looks different. I, it's it's weird. Every time I come on here, it seems like there's something different with, uh, with Instagram. Somebody says that it's, Sunny Lady says that it's pausing. Weird that is weird let me see if this helps at all boom somebody anybody Kyra's on the mend i don't know she's still asleep you guys know how that works i'll know when she wakes up finally can somebody put romans chapter 3 there we go boom that works i appreciate it awesome let's jump into it you guys holy spirit showed up and showed out but uh in romans chapter 3 um Paul is doing kind of like a little Q and A. It's it's cool how he does this. He's he does q and A. Q&A. Uh, he's got like a, a a shadow person there. He's not even speaking to anybody. Like he's just talking to himself. He's answering asking a question, then he's answering it. So he says, "Do Jews have anything that other people don't have? Is there anything special about being circumcised? Right? Is there anything special about being a Jew?" He says, "Yes, of course there is. Right? There is in every way. And the most important thing is this: is that God trusted the Jews with His teachings. Right? They had His word. They were in." trusted with the law they were his chosen people so was there anything different about the Jews a hundred percent right they were they were his chosen people God gave them favor and he delivered them and he was patient with them like of course there is something different and something special about them right and then it says uh but but if some of the Jews weren't faithful to him will that stop God from doing what he promised and he says no god will continue to be true even when every person is false god will not lie god will not go back on his promises god will not turn his back on you what he says is true just because all people are 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 wrong or turn their back right he says it says even when every person is false god will continue to be true and he says so can we say that god is wrong to punish us no if God could not punish us, He could not judge the world. God is righteous. God is just. God is fair. Everything that He does is 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 right. Does that make sense? God is so good, and so then it says a person. Uh, it says that uh, a person might say, "When I lie, it really gives him glory because it shows <laughs> because my lie shows God's truth. So why am I judged a sinner? It would be the same to say we should do evil that good will come, right? Like. Uh, the more that I sin, it shows God better. So why am I judged? It's just this this egotistical, this haughty idea. So we asked the question, so are Jews better than others, right? We said, are, are, are Jews special? Are they different? Absolutely. Now, are they better than others? No. We've already said that uh, the Jews and those who are not Jews, they're all guilty of sin. And then Paul goes in and he uses different scripture from the Old Testament. And he, what he does is he's basically showing that we're all guilty of sin because from birth, we use our bodies to sin. It says there is no one, there's no one who always does what is right. Always, right? Not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who looks to God for help all have turned away together together, everyone has become useless. There is no one who does anything good. There is not even one. He's talking about people who were born in sin. The way that we are born into this world, there is not one of us who does right. There's not one of us who understands. There's not one of us who looks to God for help. We have all turned away. We are all born in sin. And he starts to say our throats are like open graves and our tongues we use for lies, right? We use our body. Our words are like, uh, like snake poison. We talk ill about people. We gossip. We slander each other. We call each other names. We're guilty from birth. Their mouths are full of cursing and hate. They are always ready to kill people. We're filled with anger and malice and jealousy and resentment and envy. There's so many things. Everywhere we go, we cause ruin and misery. We don't know how to live in peace. We have no fear of God. This is the state at which we are born in. So when people say, oh, well, y'all, they're a good person, right? Oh, well, they're a good person. They don't believe in Jesus, but they're good people, right?" Good people will go to hell unless you put your faith in Jesus Christ because no one is good. We have all transgressed against the law. We understand that the law uh, is what brings knowledge of sin, right? There is no hope of salvation in the law. And this is what Paul's talking about. He says, We know that the law commands, that, that the law's commands are those who have the law. This stops all excuses and brings the whole world under God's judgment. The law is there to show us what sin is. It defines it, right? It's not there for our salvation. It says, because no one can be made right with God by following the law. The law only shows us our sin. It defines it. It gives us an idea. It says, if you look, it says, thou shalt not be an adulterer, right? Don't don't adulterate. Don't do that. And, And there goes, well, I've never cheated on anybody. But if you look on somebody with lust in your eyes, you're an adulterer. Does that make sense? It says, don't murder. Okay. Well, if you if you have grudge with your brother and you you hate them in your heart, you've committed murder. And so it, it's basically the law is there to show us that every single one of us from birth, regardless of how good you are and how well like how good of a citizen you are, and I've never broken any laws. I'm not a felon. I've never hurt anybody. But have you talked poorly about anybody? Have you ever told a lie? Have you ever looked at somebody with lust in your heart? You have broken the law. You have committed sin. You are separate from God. You need savior you can't do it on your own you need salvation that's why we need jesus that's what the law is for paul breaks it down he says that god has made a way to make people right with him without the law and he has now shown us that way in verse 22 he says god listen this is gospel baby this is gospel this is good news we woke up and we chose to hear the good news this morning the gospel is simple It's so simple. It says God makes people right with himself through faith in Jesus Christ. Listen, people don't miss it. God makes people right with himself through faith in Jesus Christ. This is true for all who believe in Christ because all people are the same. Black, white, Asian, Caucasian, Hispanic. Uh, Native American, indigenous people around the world, we are all born into sin. No one is good. No, not one of us, each and every one of us, regardless of your upbringing, regardless of what region of the world you were born in, we are all the same. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and are not good enough for God's glory. Every single one of us, right? We need a savior. And all need to be made right with God by His grace, which is a free gift. He offers us this free gift. We've all broken the law from birth. We've all broken the law. We need a savior. God has graciously extended us this free gift. They need to be made free from sin through Jesus. Faith in Jesus. Faith in Jesus. Amen. God gave him as a way to forgive sin through faith in the blood of Jesus' death. This showed that God always does what is right and fair. Listen, I underlined always because this is something we need to run off on a tangent with. God always does what is right and fair. Just because it doesn't work out in your favor, just because it's not favorable, just because it's not a part of your plan, just because it's not a part of your dream, your vision, and your goal, God always does what is just, what is right, and what is fair. And this is hard to wrap your head around because many times things happen in our lives that uh, we don't agree with, that, you know, that, that we get mad at God for. Maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe somebody got sick. Maybe your marriage is in shambles. Maybe, you know, something happened. Even though we don't understand it, God is righteous. He is just and he is fair. And when we can start looking through at life through the lens of that fact, of that promise, of that guarantee that he is right, that he is just, that he is fair, that he knows what he's doing, that all things work for his glory, then uh, then you know, I think that life becomes a little bit easier. I don't know if easier is the right word. I think that it makes sense. For me, I understand that there's purpose in the pain and the things that I've gone through right let me give you an example um and i use this a lot because i think a lot of people find themselves in these situations uh we choose to be in relationships that aren't necessarily a part of god's plan and purpose so we will ignore red flags we will ignore toxic traits we will ignore abuse we will ignore A host of things because we are lonely and we desire relationship and so we will ignore all of these signs that god gives us and we will enter into a relationship and uh you know we'll spend years with an individual um under the the disguise of loving them and it was never an individual that God intended us to be because we're settling for less. We're not being treated the way that we need to be treated. We're not being valued or uh, our worth isn't there. And so when that relationship uh, you know, eventually crashes and burns, which it was a relationship that never should be, we're heartbroken and we're crying to God, well, why would you let this happen? Why would this happen? And it's, it's a consequence of your own decision. Many people are in relationships that God never ordained or called us to be in. And then we get mad at him because he didn't save it or he didn't change the other person or he didn't fix it, right? And so... God is just and righteous and fair. And even in the midst of those relationships crashing and burning, and right, you can be upset. you be like, oh, well, we've got, you know, seven kids because I've been in this relationship for 15 years. And, you know, he was cheating on me the entire time or she was cheating on me the entire time. And it's like, okay, uh, that was never the relationship you were supposed to be in. Right? God never ordained that. You ignored all of the red flags. You decided to be in it. You continued to put more kids into the situation and it eventually crashed and burned and you're mad at God when understanding that he's just, righteous, and fair and that uh, you know he's allowing that to crash and burn because you deserve better, because he understands what was going on behind closed doors. He knows what was going on behind the scenes. He knows that you weren't being treated or loved or honored or valued the way that he sees you. Right. And I speak that from a place of like, I was there. I've been, I was in a 14 year marriage that I chose out of my own flesh, not out of love. It wasn't a relationship that God ordained. And we kept adding kids to a situation, hoping that it would make it better. And uh, it was filled with uh, violence and abuse and uh, infidelity and all kinds of things. It was never a relationship that God, uh, you know, ordained. Yet he was able to turn that mess into a miracle. We have three beautiful kids. uh, But you know, for a while, it's like you can get mad at God. Why would you let this collapse? And he's just like, you were never supposed to be in it. I'm just righteous and fair. And when you can understand that he has something better or he's basically protecting you, by pulling you out of these situations, if we can change the perspective of like, this isn't happening to us, it's happening for us. I get that heartbreak and tragedy and all of these things, betrayal, they're a challenge and they're hard. But if we can start to see that all of these things are done because he understands he is just righteous and fair. Like I'm going off on a tangent here because like many of us, we get so caught up in ourselves. And when things don't work out the way that we've, Imagine them, we get so mad at the one who created us, right? Can we get to a place where we understand that, uh, God is good, that he is righteous and that he is fair. Right. And, and, and somebody said, and you know, I, I'm not going to be, uh, Ooh, I'm going to, I'm not going to be insensitive to this. This is powerful and I'll never understand, uh, this, but, uh, the loss of a child loss of a child and it sounds like you found peace in that like how do you find fairness justice and righteousness in that that's something that i can't imagine i've never experienced and i won't for one minute pretend to uh try to explain that i'll grieve with you i'll love with you i'll pray with you um but at the end of the day like you said it's a journey but at the end of the day you can find the the peace the justice the righteousness the fairness in that um you know, the the gratitude and thankfulness for the time that you did get to spend. But, you know, and, and the first thing that comes to my mind, might I say this? And it's a part of somebody just said it's a part of your testimony. And now you are equipped with the strength, the power and the tools and resources to help others who are in that situation. And so now now God might have allowed that in your life unfortunately and as hard as that is because now you can stand in the gap and be somebody who can lend hope and love and encouragement to others who are in that situation i'm so sorry for your loss and uh you know, again, he is good. He is righteous. He is just. But those are the kinds of questions, right? That's real. That's raw. That's honest. Those are the kind of questions. And those are the real life scenarios that people are dealing with. And and it's hard for them. And, and it's strong people like you who have found the fairness. You said it was a long road, but you've been able to find it. And it's questions like that that harden people to god or they lose their faith or they they start to question and they don't walk in authority they don't walk in boldness because it's hard to wrap your head around it's so challenging it can be it can be hard and i never for i never for one second want to stand here and make it seem like it's easy it took me decades to understand the purpose in my pain right i sit here now at 37 um but man i've only been like really serving god for two years like if I'm completely honest, there was a, a time at 23 when I was on fire, but when I didn't get what I wanted, I left and then for over a decade, I did whatever I wanted. and it wasn't until you know two years ago that I was able to see why were my parents drug addicts? why was I picked on and bullied? why was I in and out of foster care? why well you know why 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 did I have to experience these things? I noticed and realized the purpose in my pain, but it was a it was a twenty year journey to get to that place, right? Powerful, powerful. Mm, mm, mm. It isn't easy. In caps, it isn't easy, and it's a journey, and it does take you know some soul searching it does take spending time in his word I think that would have what would have like expedited the process for me was if I would have sat in God's presence if I would have prayed on it if I would have spent more time in the word if I would have spent more time in worship if I would you know what I mean like I think the the more time that I spend with him the deeper the understanding I have of the purpose in the pain and I'm able to you know God's able to give me eyes to see he increases my knowledge he increases my understanding he increases the wisdom as you spend time with him wow wow glory to god (laughs) wow i love it uh so i digress let's jump back into romans you guys powerful i love this community and i love the vulnerability and like the honesty we have people from all around the world who have experienced different things we're all in different journeys at different levels in our faith walk in our relationship with god and uh i just love how we can come together uh to encourage each other and um Man, there's things that I've experienced that you'll never experience and vice versa. There's things that some of you have gone through that I'll never, ever experience. And that's what makes us powerful as a community and together collectively, as we're all on the same page and we're all on the same team. And the goal here is to make Jesus famous, to make him more known, to be a light in other people's lives. We can glean information. But my heart hurt when I read that right now. I was just like, oh, I don't ever want to come off as like, I understand and know everything. There's some stuff I'll never uh, experience or understand. So I love you guys so much. Such a great space to be in in the morning. I love starting my day and I feel good today. Amen. So it's, you know, Paul's sitting here preaching the gospel. He says, God always does what is right and fair. And it says, as in the past when he was patient and didn't punish people for their sins. And he said, and God gave Jesus to show today that he does what is right. Right. Right, Jesus is the ultimate sign, is the ultimate miracle and, and, and the ultimate show of love. So there's no greater love than a man who will lay his life down for his brother. Self-sacrifice, servitude right? God put on flesh, came down to this earth. He experienced every temptation that you and I have experienced yet was, we yet remained sinless. He he understood emotions and attachments and relationships. He had friends. He wept when Lazarus uh, died, right? Like God, he, he put on compassion. He put on humility. Uh, he put on this, this weak body of bones and flesh and experienced life, and so he's compassionate. He's empathetic, man. He's so loving and caring. He, uh, everything, it matters. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows the tears that you cry. He knows your innermost desires and the deep, dark secrets of your heart. He knows it all. Nothing is hidden from him. And, and he, he, despite knowing our sins, our failures, our mistakes, the times that we would turn our backs on him, the times that we would wag our fist at him, the times that we would wrestle with him and question him and get mad at him and, you know, scream in our pillow. He knows all of those times. And even knowing those, he still thought that it was worth the, the, the sacrifice to go to the cross and to allow God to pour out his anger and wrath on him in our place. Like, wow. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. God did this so he could judge rightly and so he could make right any person who has faith in Jesus. Woo. And then it says, it goes on, it says, uh, a person is made right with God through faith, not through obeying the law. Okay, and this is something, right? This is something that is a, a source of contention, especially in uh, Christianity, and in the in the body of believers. So many people say, "Well, you must obey the Ten Commandments." And Paul's sitting here saying, "Okay, listen to this, right? We'll, we'll go from verse 28 to verse 31. It says a person is made right with God through faith in Jesus, not through obeying the law." And so in verse 31, it says, so do we destroy the law by following the way of faith? He says, no, you don't throw the commandments out. It says faith causes us to be what the law truly wants, right? Following the Ten Commandments will not get you saved. That's not what saves you. The Ten Commandments, the Commandments is what defines and exposes and allows us to know what sin is. The Commandments are there to define and make a very clear uh, picture of what it is to sin. They will not save you. But that doesn't mean that we don't follow them. The way that we follow them is by putting your faith in Jesus. When you follow Christ because of the Holy Spirit that is now in you, you follow. them by I don't want to say osmosis you follow them because that right like does that make sense I'm not focused on the law and following the Ten Commandments I shall not do these things I focus on Jesus and as I follow Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to dwell inside me and as I put my faith in him I am justified God sees the perfectness the righteousness that Christ did Christ came and he did not sin so now he sees us right? Gonzo says the commandments kill you. Jesus gives you life. And so that's what it is, is as you follow Jesus, the, the commandments are followed. Does that make sense? I pray that, that, I pray that I'm getting the point across and I hope that I'm saying it in a way that you're able to uh, digest that. Amen. Good. Glory to God. So um that that's that was our that's our reading in Romans. What you'll find in Romans is a lot of these chapters are um, fairly short and some uh and, and some of them this is did Jesus feel lust? Was he tempted with lust? He was tempted with everything. Absolutely. The devil after 40 days after 40 days of temptation, he was, he was tempted with every single thing. The devil threw everything at him. Absolutely. And he remained blameless. That's why he is the perfect sacrifice. There was no sin. Jesus experienced every temptation. Understand, temptation is not a sin. Being tempted is not a sin. It's what you do. Jesus was tempted after 40 days of fasting and being in the wilderness. Right? So, so yes, he was tempted with lust. He was tempted with Anger, he was tempted everything, you name it. What would make you think that he would be tempted by everything except lust? Right. Right. What what what? (laughs) Wow. Where in the desert did he feel lust? Every, so it says Jesus was tempted with all temptations, all temptations, every single temptation you can think of. Why would God not allow Jesus to be tempted with lust? He did not lust. Understand that. He was tempted with everything. He was tempted with every single temptation, right? Then how would he not understand us? Does that make sense? You guys, is that getting through? He was tempted with everything, every single thing. Glory to God. So yes, there we go. The devil dangled everything in front of him. He attacked his identity. He attacked, he attacked him with with everything. And so we understand that Jesus was sinless and blameless. So yes, he was, he was, everything was thrown in his face. That is literally the only way that he can understand us and know what we're going through. So he remained sinless. He remained blameless. He remained pure and undefiled. And it says, it even says that uh, no temptation comes without a way out. So, so we can, right? When we're tempted, we have a way out of that. When lust comes at you, when you're tempted with lust, it's your decision and it's your choice to hold on to it and to play, uh, you know, and, and to play with it. Look at that, man. That's what I'm talking about. Jesus, Satan throws everything at Jesus and he says, no, he resisted him. He said, no, he says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Right. Resist the devil and he can flee from you and he will flee from you. If you are succumbing to lust and, and any temptation, that is because you are choosing it. Nobody's forcing you into sin. Does that like, can we just be honest? Can we just talk about that for a second? If you're falling victim to lust, to lying, to pornography, to masturbation, to drugs, to addiction, to anything, any of those things, that's your choice. You're deciding that nobody is forcing you, nobody's twisting your arm, uh, and there's there, there's a lot of us. I don't I don't give in to lust. So when when people say, "Well, it's hard," the 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 hard part is not knowing this and knowing who you are. When you start to understand who you are and the power and authority that you have over the enemy, it says, "If you resist the devil, he will flee from you." So when lust comes in and temptation comes in. It's your choosing to not resist it. You can't blame anybody. And if you're telling me that it's hard, then you're not understanding who you are. You have authority. You have power. It says that in the Bible, the power in me is greater than the power in this world. So when lust comes up and the desire to look at pornography and to masturbate and to drink and to get high and to do all of these things that are, uh, that are filled with sin, that's your choice, you're not resisting, you're not standing in the power and the authority that you have and you're giving in because you don't have an understanding of who you are. When you start to know your identity as a child of God, that you've been chosen, that you've been set aside, that you are a royal priesthood, that the power in you far surpasses the power in this world, the enemy flees because you start to resist, you start to stand on truth. When he lies and says, oh, you're not strong enough, weird, because the Bible says that I am. Oh, well, oh, you're going to give in again, aren't you? No, because I, I, I have the power and, and, and the strength of Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So all things, meaning I can overcome temptation, I can break the chains of addiction, I don't have to do these things because the power that's in me, because of what the Word of God says. Amen? Look at, look at, here in Hebrews 4.15, We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin all points, not some, was in all points tempted. He was tempted in every way, shape, form, and thing that you can imagine. That is scripture. Don't agree with me, agree with the Bible. He was tempted in every single way that you can possibly imagine, yet he was blameless and sinless. He did not give in. And the same power that Jesus had, the resurrection power, the power of the Holy Spirit resides in you. And now we have that same power. Does that make sense? Glory to God. We got to start like we got it. We got to start standing on this and not allowing the wisdom of the world to tell us who we are. My identity's in Christ, man. I know who I am. And you should, too. Amen. So in Psalm chapter 113, there's not a, uh, there's not <clears throat> a lot that I got out of this. But from, uh, there's, there's only nine verses. Verse three I highlighted, verse six as well. It says, from the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised, man. From morning to night, we should be praising God's name. When I wake up, I'm thankful. Lord, thank you for giving me a pulse, breathing breath into my lungs. You've given me another day. And this day is dedicated to you. This day isn't about me. I wake up and are there things and issues and obstacles that this day has? Absolutely. Are there struggles and things that I'm going through? Of course there are. But that doesn't change the fact that God deserves praise. So from the opening of my eyes until the closing, I will praise God. Every step of the way, every moment of the day, I will be giving God praise, glory, and honor because he doesn't change regardless. Regardless of what happens, of what I'm faced with, whatever might not go according to my plan, God deserves praise. I stand on that often, right? This is something that I share because this has been paramount and transformational in my life is finding a position of praise regardless of what's going on. Sound like a broken record. Gosh, we've heard this song. Why is it that, why is it that really you can sum up a lot of the things that I'm sharing with you guys into just a handful of things. One is reading your Bible. Right? It's a broken record. Guys, read your Bible. Guys, read your Bible. Why? Because it will change your life. 124 days in a row of reading our Bible together. It's changed and transformed my life. And I pray that it's done the same for you. Right? Uh, but these aren't, these aren't new cutting edge techniques, right? This isn't like a headline. You know, it's not anything new. If it worked then, it's gonna work now. Like that's just it. The Bible doesn't have to be changed and transformed in order for it to be, you know, given to you in this new sexy way or there's these new two techniques or these, these new uh, e- exclusive VIP you know, things that I'm doing. No, man, read your Bible. It's, it's pretty simple. Like really get into it. Find what works for you. Find a flow. Find a way that God's able to get a hold of you. Find a way that God's able to... Re- to like write it on the tablet of your heart. Find a way that God's able to speak to you, whether it's reading a chapter a day, a chapter or two, maybe it's spending 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes at night. There's not a a, a right or wrong way for you to be connected with God. It's not gonna be the same way that I do it. I can share with you tips, techniques, and things that work for me, but it's your relationship. Everything that I do might not work for you in your schedule. It might not work for you. It might not. We might not have the same attention span. We might not be built the same. I can guarantee you we're not. And so you have to find what works for you. And so reading your Bible, broken record over and over and over again, prayer. I'm going to keep talking about it. I'm going to pray without ceasing from the time I wake up. It's that prayer and praise God. Thank you for giving me breath as I'm going through the day. Lord, help me help me to stay focused. Gosh, as things pop up and things want to try to pull my attention, I'm in prayer. I'm praying to God. I'm talking to him. I don't disconnect. I don't show up for coffee and prayer and connect in. Okay, God, we're here. Awesome. That was a great hour. And then disconnect and go about my day. I plug in and I never unplug. When I go to sleep, I mean, maybe I unplug, but when I wake back up, I'm plugging back in and it's me and the Lord and he's walking with me all day. And everywhere that I go, he is with me. There's not a time where I'm just like, Okay, I'm not living for God right now. No, if I'm playing basketball, I'm watching the things that I say and how I interact with people and I'm looking for opportunities to share the gospel or to plant a little bit of seed, even if it's a high five or a good job or a smile or you know some kind of a connection. Hey man, are you okay? Is there anything I could be praying for you? Like I'm constantly searching because God's with me and we're trying to find ways to slide him into the conversation. So you're not gonna get away from me preaching about reading your Bible or prayer or praising him. Regardless, right, uh, regardless of what's going on, he deserves praise because he's the same yesterday, today and forever. It says that he is just and righteous and fair and loving and empathetic. He's so good. He's so good that he saved my soul. I don't have to endure internal inter- separation from God because of what Jesus did. And so because of that, I want to praise him all the days of my life. If this is the last day that I have here on this earth, I woke up, breathed breath. I praised God, I've been in prayer, I'm in the word, and I'm going to use these last little moments here on this earth to try to make him more known. And then I'm going to go to sleep. And if I'm blessed enough to have another day after this, I'm going to do the same. And I'm going to repeat this every single day. Wherever he takes me, he's coming with that, right? And that's what my sermons, that's what this ministry is built on, is making him more known. Understanding that this world, this life, this everything that this is, this is not about me. This is not about Andrew. This is not about fame. This is not about clout. This is not about influence. I'm a guy in a Jeep who loves Jesus. And I'm going to show up every day and I'm going to try to preach to you and I'm going to try to encourage you. And I'm going to try to uh, help you guys be in a place where you're being effective, an effective witness for Christ. That's it, right? That's what it's about. And it's a beautiful thing when we're all on the same accord, when we're all on the same page, when we are in unison. There's 500 of us. Right? Imagine if I reached five people for Jesus today. And imagine if each one of you guys reached five people for Jesus today. I'm just going to go out there and say, that's what, 2,500 people? So we got 2,500 people reaching, being reached for Jesus today just from this live. And I'm not even talking about the replay. There's 500 now. If each of us went out and we were like, we're going to make an impact. And that doesn't mean that you're walking around with a track and that you're, you know, you're getting people saved but if we're out there being a light and we're spreading the love and we're smiling and we're encouraging and we're asking for prayer asking to pray for people and we're just there we're texting and checking in on people hey how you doing man god put you on my heart is there anything i could be praying for you about right and then we all post a little something on our social media and we all reach five people that's 2500 people and then what if the next day 2500 people they go out and reach five people each We can make an impact, we can really change this world if we can get outside of ourselves and understand that the assignment, the mission, the plan, the purpose is for us to make him more known. And we were out here like heat-seeking missiles every day that we wake up, boom, I'm awake. There's a purpose and there's a plan. The purpose and plan for my life is to make him more known. How can I do that? How can I use everything that I have? What do I have? Well, I got to go to work. Okay, well, at work, I'm going to do that. Well, When I get home, what am I doing? Oh, well, I've got an art class. I'm going to go to art class. I'm going to make him more known. What are the things that I got to do? Okay, I'm going to go to these places that I've committed to be, but while I'm there, I'm going to take Jesus with me. That's the purpose. Like, that's the plan. It's not some convoluted thing that you have to uh, decode hieroglyphics about to find out what the purpose and plan for your life is. It's pretty simple. It's really not as complicated as we seem to make it. And we feel so empty and broken and disconnected when we try to make it something that it's not, right? Go ahead with your plans. Like, that's the beauty of it, right? Man will plan his way, but God will establish the steps. It's okay to have a plan, it's okay to have a goal. Set it up. But if it doesn't go through, don't. Get upset and get mad and in your feelings because it didn't go that way. God's taking you in a different direction. I had a plan to train for a half marathon this week. Guess what? I've been bedridden. I haven't got to run at all. Today I'm supposed to run six miles. You think it's going to happen? Nope. It's part of my plan. It's a part of my dream. It's a part of my vision. It's on my schedule. Guess what? Guess who doesn't get to do it? Me. I'm going to go walk on the thing for 40 minutes just to move because I haven't left my bed for two days. But guess what? I'm going to take God with me. There must have been something there. God might have been protecting me. Maybe I was overtraining. Like I can go into it. I know that God is good and just. He allowed me to get sick for a reason. It kept me in the house. It kept me like, uh, instead of sitting here and, and trying to overthink, I was able to maybe focus on some other things a little bit better. God is good. He's righteous. He establishes our steps. Go out into the world, the place that you're at today, and your purpose is to make him more known. Reach people that you come into contact. There's no coincidences. That person who keeps popping up on your mind, that person who keeps coming up on your heart, right? stop what you're doing next time and reach out to Him. Shoot them a call. Shoot them a message. Hey, God put you on my heart. Is there anything I can be praying for? And and, and their problem, they they might be like, no, that's weird. I don't know why God put you on my heart. I'm an atheist. I'm like, ah, well, that's funny. Anyway, love you. If you need prayer, let me know. Boom, planted a seed. Now they're thinking like, God, that's weird. Oh, now you're living in their head rent free, right? And so now they're thinking about it. Why would God? I don't even believe in God. That guy's crazy. That's weird. Now they're thinking about it and processing it. And then you never know what's happening behind the scenes. And maybe they run into something where they're just like, man, maybe I do need some prayer. Like God's ways are so much greater than ours. So much greater than ours, right? Like that's just, that's just how it is. That is the purpose and the plan that God has for our lives. Amen. Go out there and plant seeds. Plant seeds. Amen. So that's all I got for us today. Like I said, Romans are, Romans is, they're pretty short, but they're packed with a punch. Just powerful. Powerful. We address sin. We call it what it is. There's I mean, the Gospels preached, I'm excited for them. So they're they're going to be a little bit shorter, but, uh, you know, we're going to be like screeching into Psalm 119. I just want to give you guys a heads up. As we come into Psalm 119, you're not going to read that entire thing. So we're going to break it up into sections. Okay, so when we get to Psalm 119, we will break it up into you know, little chunks that we can actually digest because there's some great psalms here. I, I love it. I think that they're powerful. But that way, um, yeah, you're not spending just one day slamming through all of that with a heavy load of reading. <laughs> Somebody just quoted Dane Cook, Jedi Knight. I've seen that joke. That's funny. That's funny. Well, awesome. Let's uh, <clears throat> let's let's hop into some prayer, you guys. Let's hop into prayer. Let's do that. If you guys have prayer requests, if there's anything that uh, you know is heavy on your your heart, I want you guys to go ahead and put that in there. If you guys, when we pray, if you want to be lifting up others in prayer with your eyes open, that's okay. If you want to close your eyes, that's fine too. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll pray collectively, and um, we're just asking really for God's will to be done. That's what we truly want. That's what we really want. Amen. Good, good, good. Glory to God. So <clears throat> let's hop into it. And, and uh, I want to thank you guys for the badges. I don't know how much, like I said, the whole thing is, uh, the whole the whole dashboard is weird. It doesn't say anything about uh, badges today, but it looks like people have bought them. So I, I thank you guys for whatever that is. Glory to God. I appreciate you. So Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for today. God, we just want to thank you for meeting us in this place. God, we stand on the promise of James 4, 8, that as we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. And we're so thankful for that. Lord, we're so grateful that uh, you would be here, that you would teach us and lead us and guide us, that we wouldn't leave this place the same. We thank you for your transformational truth that challenges us, that uh, forces us to look at the way that we think, our opinions and our behaviors, and you really challenge us to, to be more like your son, Jesus. God, we give you praise, honor, and glory because you are good. Lord, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are a solid rock on which we can build our lives. And we're so grateful that you would give us the divine revelation of who your son, Jesus, is. Um, that you would come to this earth that you would be here, that you would experience every temptation yet remain sinless and would be a living sacrifice, that you would pay the penalty for our sins so that the veil would be torn and that we can have access to God here and now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So grateful. Lord, we ask that your will would be done here on this earth as it is in heaven. Uh, We ask that you would close any door that's not from you. We ask that you would close any opportunity that's not from you. God, we want you. We want your plan, your purpose, your will, and nothing else. If it's not from you, then we don't want it. If it's not a part of your plan, we don't want it. We ask that you would close doors. And we also ask that you would open opportunities that no man can shut. That you would illuminate the path that you would have us go down. That your word would be a guide. That your word would be uh, like an air traffic controller pointing us in the direction that you would have us go. Help us to honor you in all of our choices and all of our decisions that we make. God, we just pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you would breathe life into my brother and sister's prayer requests, whatever it is that they're going through, whatever it is that they're asking or believing, God, that your will would be done. That's what we want. And we pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear, to discern, uh, and to understand that your no is an answer. That Lord, sometimes you answer our request with no. And that is an answer. That's not you being silent, but that's, that's an answer. And help us to receive that with grace. Help us to receive that with understanding that a no to our prayer has your protection and love written all over it. We're so grateful for your discernment. God, it says in your word that you will give us exceedingly and abundantly, more than enough wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And so we stand on that. God, help us to know you better, more intimately. Challenge us with your word. Challenge us with your truth. Help us to be more like your son, Jesus. And as we leave this place, God, we just ask that you would hedge protection around us, that you would be with us, that you would uh, help us to learn, grow, and mature from our failures and our mistakes. And we pray all of this in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Your will be done, Lord. Your will be done. That's what we want. That's what we want. If it's it's not from him, we don't want it, right? If If it's not from him, do we really want it? The one who created us, the one who knows best, the one who 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 has has uh, you know formed us and and molded us in our mother's womb, the one who has planned our days. If it's not from Him, do we really want it? I feel like if it's not from Him, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. It's a waste of effort. It's a waste of a gift. I don't want it if it's not from Him. Amen. Amen. I love you guys and I honor you. I so appreciate you guys joining me this morning. Uh, I look forward to seeing you all back here tomorrow. Romans chapter 4 and uh, Psalm chapter 114 is what we'll be reading tomorrow. But I feel great. Thank you guys for your prayers. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm back ready for action. And um, yeah, man, hopped up on the Holy Ghost. So I'll see you guys all tomorrow. Have a great day and uh, stay blessed.